We are here once again recording our podcasts and webinars, and this time we're doing it on time management. Remember, these workshops are presented strictly for educational purposes only to challenge you to look at life a little differently and hopefully expand your horizons. So let's get right in it because, of course, today our topic is time management. How do I prioritize what comes first? How in the world do you get everything done without being overwhelmed? That's the question everybody asks. We have a certain need to control our environment, whether it's our space, our calendar, which is our day, or our schedule, which is every hour that's within the day. How do we juggle it? How many things can we juggle at a time? And how do we not go crazy getting it all done? That's the question we have. You know, back when I was in college, they had me take a personality profile test, which once again, you know I love personality profile tests. So far, it does say I have one. But when I'm looking at those personality profile tests, it also can identify how many things you can do at a time without going crazy. In my particular case, I can do three to five according to how much is required to get each project done. But when I'm looking at that, that personality profile test is so important because it identifies your strengths and weaknesses and it can do a whole lot of helpful information for you. So we're going to go into how do you get it all done without being overwhelmed. I'm going to go back to my business roots. You have to do a strategic plan. That strategic plan is so important because you have to have a mission statement. Your mission statement is why you do what you do. Then you have to have your core values. Your core values are how do you do what you do. Then you have to have a vision statement. Your vision statement is when are you going to do it. You do that SWOT analysis, you know, your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, your threats, all once again listed in that personality profile test. Then your objectives. Those long-term goals and those short-term goals because those objectives are your roadmap ways. Your roadmap uh, stops to let you know are you on point. And then your action plan is those individual steps of how you're going to get there. And your funding stream. What is the results of it and how are you going to pay for it? So remember to create a strategic plan in your own life because that is very important to help you guide your next steps and your directions. So to organize your life, you have to identify your problem areas and to address them one at a time. Time is precious. You need to learn to appreciate it. Make it fun. Guys, sometimes people take life so seriously. Make it fun. Enjoy every moment. Too much of anything can cause you stress. Too much of anything can cause you stress and learn to choose wisely. So when I'm looking at my life and I'm trying to juggle and identify and do and move and push and shove and motivate and bag it, tag it, there was a song. I can't remember. It was back in the 90s. Somebody would be able to pull this out, but it's, I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I think about that. That was my theme song back in the 90s. I was on my way to have my son, and that song was just going through my head. I'm in a hurry to get things done. Because, you know, that's the way life is. Sometimes we just get it, bag it, tag it, go to the next one. And when we do that, we lose out on so much life. Because we're just developing this, I got to get this goal. I got to get this done. I got to do this now. You have to stop and think about it. Are there problem areas in your life that you're trying to control way too much? Are you trying to over-organize yourself? I can remember I love going through storage 
storage stores, you know, that container stores. Oh my gosh, let's get it. Let's put it, let's shove it and let's organize it. And I have everything all lined up, noted, numbered, lined, index carded, color coded, too much guys, too much. When you get done, you're overwhelmed with too much organization even. So how much can I do in 24 hours? How much can I really do well in 24 hours? I have work responsibilities. It could be I work an eight or a 10 hour job. In that eight to 10 hours, I have meetings, paperwork, networking, lunches, travel time, and I'm in marketing. So I have to create commercials, newspaper ads, articles. I have to create newsletters. I have a whole bunch of different things that I do. Plus on top of that, the events and the classes I teach and the podcasts and webinars I record. So I have so much in that eight to 10 hour a day. How am I gonna get it all done? Then I have a family. So I have personal responsibilities. I gotta keep my house clean. I have to do laundry. Oh, the laundry. We don't wanna go there. I have to create meals, healthy meals for my family. Remember I talked about the one lady that had the cart with 24 boxes of frozen uh, pizzas and two boxes of fish sticks. I have to have healthy meals for my family to eat. And then I have the responsibilities, whatever has, is going on in everybody else's calendar that I've got to juggle. It's in there. And you know what? I really do sleep. Some people wonder if I do, but I do six to eight hours a day. And so with that, I still have only 24 hours. If you can develop 25 or 26, let me know. So far through time, I have not found anybody yet that has developed more than 24 hours in a day. So think about it. How much are you trying to push in that time? There are four time management styles. When I thought about this, I thought, what are they really looking at? So there's the firefighter. They are always running on adrenaline, crisis and memory. They're constantly going to and fro. There's a gardener. They make lists. They make piles. Those gardeners are always trying to manage their time just by writing it on a list and then piling it up somewhere else. Then you got the sportsmen. They live by the calendar. Is it hunting season? Is it fishing season? Which season is it? And then you've got the executive. They live by their daily planner. Everything they do is listed in that daily planner and it has to be in the book. If it's not wrote in the book, it's not happening. There has to be flexibility, guys, in all of this. You're gonna have to learn that the firefighter does have some strengths because when the crisis arrives, you have to change your calendar and you have to be able to adjust your schedule based on the crisis. So leave room in it. Leave room in your calendar. Making the list are very important like the gardener. If you forget, as you get older, you forget things. You get that list to go back to and you can refer to it and check it off. What about the sportsman that's living by that calendar? You know, it's very important to think about the seasons in life because if you're doing an event in the summer, you better schedule a lot of water in the room because it's gonna be hot and your workers are gonna be very unhappy at the end of the day. So you have to know how to plan for those seasons and time. And you do have to keep that executive calendar. You do have to remember that it's monthly, weekly, daily. You have to color code them. Is it now? Is it today? Is it this week? Is it later? Do I need to pass this on to somebody else? Color coding your calendar helps you. Once again, we're gonna go your calendar is your friend. Your calendar is your friend. Remember to keep a calendar because the calendar is your best friend. I keep a monthly, weekly, daily calendar. I color code it based on, do I need to do it now? Does it need to be done today? Is it just something I need to do today? Is it this week? Is it on my weekly list that, yes, I've got I've to get, get with Tim. I've got to go see him. Is it later? You know what? I don't have to have that haircut today. 
So I can do that later. It's okay. Or can somebody else do it and I need to pass it on? You know, the other day my boss was meeting with me and he said, did you schedule this particular event with me? And I'm like, no, because I have this event scheduled. And he's like, well, we probably need to do both. And I said, yeah, but I can't be two places at one time. He said, but Davey, remember, we can. You have to pass it. Sometimes you're looking at other people's schedules too and you need to pass it and make your life easier and let it all happen the way it's supposed to flow correctly. So remember to repeat again, your calendar is your friend. When is enough enough? When stress is overwhelming, you've got to learn to purge. Everybody wants to have a piece of your time. So you have to look, am I being somebody else's band-aid or am I somebody else's fixer? Or am I keeping the main thing the main thing? Too much stuff makes you feel overwhelmed. Too many activities make you feel exhausted. Too much food makes you feel bloated. Too many meetings make you feel unorganized. And too much makes you feel that you're not enough. Too much of anything sometimes can make you feel that you're not enough. So how do you handle it? There was a lady that I used to follow all the time and her name was Emily Barnes, and she talked about put it away, throw it away, give it away. She said, Davey, when you put it away, when I read her books, it's, it's like she was right there with me. When you're done with it, put it away. If you're finished with it and it's not usable for somebody else, throw it away. If it's something that somebody else can still use, but you're done with it, give it away. Because there's no reason for you to keep everything. And you know, actually, we're doing this in my house right now. I'm looking at all my stuff after 33 years of marriage and thinking, every time somebody wants something, they say, well, check with Davine. She probably has it. And you know what? I probably do. It's probably in storage somewhere. My husband wanted a music room, and I said, okay. He goes, well, how are you attached to that bed? And I go, well, I'm not. Let's give it away. So we gave it to a friend that needed a bed. Perfect. He said, um, how, ma how many flower arrangements do you need to keep? How many candle holders do you need? I go, well, I do banquets. I do this. I do events. And he goes, and you're storing it here? Yeah. Davine, it's valuable space that you're taking up for somebody else. It should be downsized. So I downsized. Oh, my goodness. I gave some. Whoever is looking for a wedding, they can go to one of the nonprofit areas here in town, and they would probably have everything they need to decorate for that wedding and be able to buy it cheap. And you know what? When they buy it from that nonprofit cheap, it pays food for somebody else. So it's giving it once again, again, and again forward to help somebody eat, sleep, and enjoy life. So overwhelming yourself with too much stuff can really hurt you because you'll forget you have it and you'll go buy more. So how do I prioritize whether it is good, better, best? That's what we're looking at. Is it a good thing? Can I do something better if I clean it out? Is there a best way to do something? And that's what we look at. Sometimes we're content with good because it's good, right? We can do this. It's good. Our time was managed wisely. It was a good event. It was a good thing. Could I make it better? Any progressive business will want it to be better. And they'll keep pushing their employees to be better. Or we'll keep pushing ourselves to be better. But you know, I don't invest in good better. I want the best. Don't you? Don't you want the best life has to offer? Looking at good, better, best. Shoot for that best. If it's better, it's still better than good. So get there. Everything we do has an opportunity cost. It either costs us time or money or time and money. So to identify what is the most important thing for you or for your company, you want that best option. 
Otherwise, you've wasted all the other resources. So remember again, prioritize. Is it good, better, or best? How do you identify what comes first? That's probably one of the biggest questions I have. Well, does it have a deadline? Is it life or death? I always say nobody died. If something doesn't go exactly right, I used to be OCD and everything had to be absolutely perfect. Now I say nobody died. It releases a lot of stress. Are you going to lose money on it if it's not done? How long does it take to complete it? Those are things you need to think about. Do I need help from somebody else? Because now you're getting in somebody else's calendar. Can it be passed to someone else? If so, will they do it right? So, you know, a control freak like me, sometimes I have the hardest time passing something to somebody else because I have a set goal in mind of how I want something completed. And I forget that nobody died if somebody does it different than I do. If it's done and it's done completely and it's done right, really, it might not have been step one, two, and three. It might have been step one, four, and six. But the end result is just as good. Put your pride away and say it's okay. Nobody died because they did it differently. It's done and it's done right. And that's the objective. And you know what? Honestly, you might be able to learn something if you watch how they did it differently. Because there's always options. So think about that. How do you identify what to be done first? How do I identify what comes first? Does it have a deadline? Is it life or death? Will I lose money if it's not done? And how long is it going to take me? Do I need help? And can I pass it? Take control of your finances. Because all of these things that we're talking about doing with time management, it does cost time. When you write down what you're doing in a spending journal, it helps you realize, hey, you know, I might be investing too much in that area and I need to be careful. When you keep track of your spending, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, or yearly, what are you actually spending versus what did you think you would spend? I can remember doing a dinner one time for a graduation party, and I had budgeted $300 for 50 people. I thought, you know, that's not bad. $300 for 50 people, that's actually pretty good for a huge meal. When I got done, I realized I had overpurchased food for 50 people. Although it was food I had enough to eat for a while because it was food I could freeze and put up and or didn't cook at all because it was still more than enough. But looking at what you actually spend helps the next time you have to feed 50 people. You know, I could probably do it for 150 instead of 300. But that budgeting is so important because you're tracking it. You're tracking what you're spending and why you're spending it. When you're writing those goals down, you have to remember there are several categories and they have to intertwine. It's not all individual pockets. Financially, what are my goals? Personally, career-wise, my family or friends, my physical needs and my educational needs because we all need to grow in all of these six areas. We can't just only concentrate on one. You know, in our season of life when we're in college and we're concentrating on the education, we think we can let the others slide, but you don't. If you borrow too much in student loans because you're wanting to make it easy, financially, you have taken your hard-earned money and you have pre-spent it for the next 10 years while you're paying that student loan back. What about your family or your friends? Are you neglecting them while you're working on a certain area? If you do, you lose them. 
because it takes communication to build those relationships, whether it's your parents, whether it's a sibling, whether it is a spouse, or whether it is a best friend. You have to communicate and it takes time. And it takes money sometimes because what are you gonna do in that communication time? So remember to write your goals down on this, on these six areas and how you're gonna fulfill those challenges in your calendar. Now this next area is the hardest part for me, learning to say no, no, no. That is so hard for me because I feel like it's like shutting somebody or something out. And see, I'm an older lady, so for me, I know I have an, a small window of opportunity to do any influence that I'm going to do, and I don't want to pass it up if it's an opportunity. But you also have to learn to say no. Only you have the ability to control your schedule. If you don't take the time to take care of yourself, you're going to burn out. Then to whose good are you for? You're not for anybody else's good. Do you love what you do? I mean, love it, where you get up every day and you're excited about doing it. How do you plan to continue doing the things you're doing? Because you know, that's the hard part. You might say, hey, I'm gonna do something, but how do you plan to continue that? Do you have the energy that's gonna fulfill that for the next five years, 10 years or longer? Will you be able to continue that in that area? And what are you personally giving up to do it? These are so important because there are going to be seasons in your life that you can do more and seasons in your life that you can do less. When you have small children, your season to do more is going to be a hard struggle and you're giving up precious time with those little kids. When your kids are out of the home and you're in a different season in your life like me now, then you can do more and it's okay because you've not neglected something that's very vital and that's those memory making moments. So learning to say no, it could be for a short season or it could be completely, but you have to prioritize what's important for you, for your company, for your family, and for those six areas that we discussed. Now that we have realized that sometimes we don't always say no, there are signs of burnout. Signs of burnout can really hurt us. When we look at those signs of fatigue and helplessness and overeating, and we see that these burnout times are hard on us, we need to look at possibly seeking help. So when you're learning to say no, but you still feel overwhelmed, you could have signs of burnout. So look at yourself. Are you feeling tired all the time? Chronic fatigue? Do you have difficult breathing? Are you having anxiety attacks? Is there a lack of concentration? You just can't think it. Everything's in a fog. What about those angry personalities that are angry all the time or critical all the time or they're withdrawn? They don't want to talk to anybody. Just leave me alone. Are you depressed? You know, we hear so much about people committing suicide because they're depressed. Do they feel helpless? And these people, some of them have absolutely from a, a, a blind eye, have absolutely everything going for them, but they're just so depressed or helpless. What about those headaches, those migraines that come all the time or stomach aches? They're crying for no reason. I mean, a cat walked across the road and they're just crying. Are they overeating? That chip bag's too close. These signs of burnout can be serious. Some of them can be self-medicated. You could fix it. You could do a hobby. You could talk to a friend. You could go walking. There's a lot of things you can do to help with that burnout. But sometimes you need to seek professional help. There's no harm, no foul in talking to a counselor. I married a counselor. 
my husband, that's exactly what he does is every day he helps people talk about things that they're going through or things that happened in the past or things that they're afraid happen in the future. There's no harm in talking to somebody for professional help. So look at your signs of burnout and see where you need to be because you know what? It could be just simply talking to a friend. It could be finding a hobby, painting, playing the guitar, crocheting. I've tried crocheting five times. That's just not something I can do. But I love to see how people intricately crochet because they concentrate on it. What about exercising? My daughter-in-law, she just loves to walk. Man, she will just walk all over the place. She just loves exercising. Finding a friend, a friend that's actually going to care. Take the personality profile test. Find your strengths and weaknesses. Learning to put things into perspective, proper perspective, is so important because we all are made differently. What could be challenging for one could be easy for another. Don't judge. Don't criticize. Encourage, strengthen, motivate, and be a friend. So I hope today's time management helped you look a little differently about what you want to do out of life, what you want to do out of your career, and help you to motivate to be kind to others. Thank you. Have a great day. Zoe's Club, Zoe's Club, we come together in Zoe's Club. We're saving money, is so much fun, all in Zoe's Club. Reading, learning, sharing time, saving, spending, and being kind. All in Zoe's Club. Contact Ozark Federal Credit Union at 573-686-7221. Membership eligibility required. Federally insured by NCUA.